0: Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Nigro again, our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. As always, another fun week of being able to talk with so many people from around the world. Uh, If I haven't gotten back to you, I'll give you my contact information. I try my best, uh, but doing two, sometimes three neuropsych evals a day um, gets a little tough, but I uh, really enjoy all the positive interactions. So I thought last week's episode was pretty interesting with uh, Vivian James Rigney uh, and his experience on climbing the seven highest peaks, uh, on the different continents. Um, you know, this whole concept of vulnerability, which is something I think, uh, we all struggle with to some degree It's really, you know, be able to confront our, our raw selves, our, 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 true, really raw, uh, individual personas. So this episode, uh, I think this is the second time I've done this cause I do these off the top of my head. I've actually made some notes, uh, we're going to talk about automatic thoughts, which is a core component in cognitive behavioral therapy, is identifying automatic thoughts, and uh, people who struggle with like negative self-talk, and, and it's associated with a wide variety of, of clinical issues: uh, depression, anxiety, PTSD. Uh, eating disorders, OCD, a lot of the mood disorders. Um, they have automatic thoughts that really distort their view of themselves and the world and sometimes other people. And again, that's the whole core concept of personality is my view of myself, my view of other people, my view of the world around me and therefores and the conclusions that I draw as a result of them. Uh, these thoughts are sometimes uh, can be called... Um, thinking errors or negative automatic thoughts but they're the key component to really want to focus on is they are irrational because they are not based in any fact they are fabrications of the mind Um, and they almost they, they operate from the premise when we we all have these automatic thoughts we operate from the premise that they are true so i made a list of a couple of the most common ones And the first one is discounting that's when you insist that none of your accomplishments, they really don't count. Congratulations, you graduated from college. Yeah, but I didn't go to Harvard. You look great in that outfit today. Yeah, but I I still need to lose a few pounds. Uh, You you did great on that exam, honey. No, I should have got a better grade. So discounting is really just looking from this negative lens and not accepting any type of accolades. It's not, not narcissism, but any, any, and the ego is so deflated that any accomplishment is incredibly just, just, just minimized. And a per, you can certainly see how that could contribute to depression if you feel that none of your attributes, whether they're physical, psychological, spiritual, sexual, emotional, that, 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 that never measures up to whatever bar or standard either the individual has created or they perceive that the world has created for them. Um, a second one, a very common one, mind reading. Uh, this is when you assume that people are reacting negative to, ne- negatively uh, when there's no evidence for this. They I, See the way they look to me? They don't like me. Um, you see a lot of uh, the dichotomous thinking with, with mind reading. Uh, and it always ha- tends to kind of focus on, on the negative aspects of, of the self. Uh, with mind reading is, is, you know, none of us are, are fortune tellers. But it's very similar to fort- to fortune telling, which is, I don't know if I included it in, in this list or not, but mind reading is really, uh, you, you, it's, again, looking from a negative lens that assuming, we all, again, know what assume means, assuming that people are uh, focusing on our, our negative traits, our negative qualities, um, even to a point where someone can become agoraphobic because they think everybody in the world is looking at them. And, you know, a common, you know, more of a cognitive behavioral, rationally emotive response uh, is people aren't that interested in you. You know, not, in, not in, a, in a demeaning way, but, you know, people say, well, no one likes me. So, okay, so, so no one likes you? You've, you've met everybody in the world? Well, no, that's not what I mean. Okay, so who doesn't like you? Nobody at school likes me. Okay, so you you've talked to every student, every teacher, every counselor at school. Well, no, and you break it down. I, I mentioned this before. There's a process called vertical descent. When, you, when it really turns out that that when when someone says no one likes me, it really comes down to like this certain group of friends or these these few teachers. Uh, another automatic thought is fortune telling. This is arbitrarily predicting that things will turn out bad. I am going to fail the test. Um the date is gonna be awful. She or he is not gonna like me. They're not gonna want a second date. The dinner I'm making for my family is gonna come out awful. It can even be something as microscopic as you're going to a new restaurant. Oh, the food the food is gonna be bad. I, I heard it from somebody else. So fortune telling is just predicting that whatever outcome in any situation is going to come out with a negative connotation to it. that's Julie opening Parmesan cheese in the background. You've been on the show in a while. You've been quiet. Um, so fortune telling is, and sometimes, you know, it's, it, you can sometimes see the logic people have because if they've actually had negative experiences, you uh, Sometimes these irrational beliefs, even though they're automatic and they're irrational, sometimes they can somewhat be based in reality. You know, so somebody has a really bad first date with somebody and the person says, oh, you're really not my type, you're not attractive. They can really stick with somebody. So to some degree, there is evidence, but then you relegate it back to, okay, that was just one individual, not extrapolating it to the entire population. Uh <laughs> Another uh, automatic thought, irrational belief: magnification, minimization, making big big productions out of small matters, or even minimizing the. Uh, you can minimize uh, compliments somebody may give you. You can minimize uh, accolades that you receive. You can even you can even minimize. Um, uh, what was I going to say? You, you you can even minimize your your own abilities, and sometimes you can even minimize the seriousness of, of, of a, a condition, medical or psychiatric, that you might have, um, and that can sometimes come in, maybe in a form of denial. I, I don't I don't want to deal with it. Uh, everything will be fine. You know, don't want don't want to get get things checked out because imagine worst case scenario so sometimes you can kind of see how several of these automatic thoughts are kind of intertwined with each other uh another one emotional reasoning this is where you reason how you feel um rather than from what is logical uh for example you you, you think someone is um disappointed with you even when there's no evidence to support it. So you're acting on an emotional basis. Um again, always you see the theme here, it's always with this negative view of the sense of self. And you can kind of certainly see how this would contribute to mood disorders, eating disorders, OCD, a variety of psychiatric conditions. Uh, here's another one. Should statements. Uh, this is when you kind of criticize yourself or other people uh, of what you should be doing, or what others should be doing, I should be I should be mowing the lawn. I should be getting a better job. I should be. Uh, going to college i should be a better husband i should be this i should be that or other people they should know what i want that that's like couples therapy 101 is you know the guy who goes back into fortune telling and mind reading that we assume that other people know what our expectations are and even assume that 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 people have the own their own this or similar definitions of of terms like love and affection and and friendship but uh the should statements but they, they cut both ways. It's the shoulds that we place on ourselves. And if I have all these shoulds and, and, I'm, and I'm not doing any of them, you can see how that can certainly relate to a deflated ego, a deflated sense of self, and certainly could contribute to depression. Um, Could also lead to you know procrastination, Uh, but but the but the should statements are they have like musts or oughts. When you have these very dichotomous things where it's it's yes no black white good bad right wrong, it it can it's a very destructive mindset because when you have that there is little margin for error whatsoever. If, if if you live or even like I mean we use this all the time like I have to go to the store. No, I don't have to go to the store. I want to go to the store. So vocabulary is a huge part of working in cognitive behavioral therapy. If you think about it, okay, like if we if we have no food in the house, yes, I have to go to the store because according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, food, water, air, and shelter are the most are the things that we we definitely definitely Julie seriously things that we definitely need. Um, But, you know, if you look at, like, what you have to do versus what you should do, should, I mean, have to places an exceptional amount of responsibility because, again, there's a little margin for error. And should, I think it leads to a lot of disappointment, especially when we're projecting those shoulds onto other people. Um, Like, people should know, they should know that I wanted a coffee. They should know that I want to be... uh, had my back rubbed? They should know that I like compliments. How are people supposed to know this stuff if you don't communicate with them? It, 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 it's it's again irrational thinking, uh, labeling. Um, this is where you kind of like identify your shortcomings. Um, let me think. Of an example, instead of uh, instead of saying I made a mistake, you tell yourself I'm a I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a loser. Where are you putting these really negative labels? I'm not smart. I'm a loser. I'm a bad husband. I am a bad spouse. I am a bad parent. I am a bad student. I am a b- again, all of these are negative, and it's not surprising why they contribute to so many of the and they permeate the vast majority of what we call the affective disorders, the mood disorders. Uh, catastrophic thinking. This is when you imagine the worst possible thing could happen in any given situation, even there is no evidence to support it. It's never going to work out. No one's ever going to love me. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to. I'm never going to graduate college. I'm never going to get a promotion. It's a, it's this n- incredibly negative mindset. And when you when you work with people and doing cognitive therapy, you, 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 the goal is to, to dispute the irrational beliefs because to look for the evidence contrary to the belief system that the person is p- perpetuating. Now, can people do all of these? Yes. Do some do more than others? Sure. But these are kind of really like the core irrational beliefs that, that um, again, they're all negative. They're all geared towards, uh, I think, maintaining uh, a dysfunctional homeostasis, psychological homeostasis, wherein the individual is basically navigating the world... Uh, discrediting them uh, any sort of positive attributes, positive connotations. And, and sometimes if you look back at history and you, you realize a person grew up in an environment where there where there was no love, there was no affection, there was no congratulation, there was no good job. So, it, it, again, even though we call them irrational, like I said, sometimes people's experiences have shaped these. You know, John Locke said, you know, he used the word tabula rasa, we're born into the world as blank slates. Um, and, you know, the world colors itself upon us. And so sometimes those early messages uh, can really stick and, 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 and resonate. And, you know, the, you know, the law of proximity, the closer somebody is to us in relationship, mm-hmm. the more their words tend to impact or, or, or resonate with us. And I think it also leads these also these these irrational beliefs and automatic thoughts really contribute to a lot of self doubt, a lot of self uh, depreciation. Uh, where you know, if we just stick with depression, you, you see these a lot in in the depressive disorders, and and sometimes people, given that they're automatic, it, you're really trying to slow down the thought process to get people to realize like hold on a second. Let's take a step back. Where did this thought come from? What is perpetuating this? And you break apart the person's logic, and the process is called cognitive restructuring, where you're basically restructuring the dysfunctional automatic thought to something more functional. Like like for you take discounting, uh, could, you would ask a patient, can you possibly entertain the idea that It's a huge accomplishment to have graduated college, independent of where you went. Can you at least entertain that possibility? And people, when you slow the process down therapeutically, generally kind of start to have this, yeah, I kind of get where you're going with this. It may take a while to sink in, uh, but that's why I always talk, talk to patients about celebrating, you know, celebrating the, 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 the partial successes, the, the, the partial times when, you know, you, you, you have changed the thought pattern because these thought patterns are ingrained. And they're over-rehearsed, and that's that's why they're so automatic. And these are like the lenses of which of wearing glasses, like these are the lenses of how you view the world. And the goal of cognitive therapy is to basically take the glasses off the patient, redo the redo the lenses, and help them see themselves, other people, the world around them from a very different perspective. Do you wanna No? Not interested. All right um so again it it really contributes to a lot of self-doubt um even to a degree i think of self-loathing um and there are some people who are very happy in their dysfunction they're dysfunctionally functional those are the people that are you know you can look at go back to the episode i did on help rejectors, or these are the people that just you know don't ever come in, we have no interest or belief in, in, in the mental health system for, for a variety of reasons. So it's really good, I think, if you take a look at, you know, at yourself and you just kind of jot down these, these, these automatic thoughts and irrational beliefs and see if you do any of them. And if you're struggling with depression, you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with any kind of mood component, I think that's incredibly relevant because this is really important. And really a first step in, in doing cognitive therapy is looking at what, what, what's tripping the person up, and it's, it's their cognitions, it's their thoughts, and that's, that's really the tenet of, 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 of cognitive behavioral therapy is you change your thoughts, you change your behaviors, the emotions change. Um, yes, there could be an emotional component to all of these, but the goal of CBT is really changing, identifying the dysfunctional thoughts, modifying them, and replacing them with more adaptive thoughts. Um, but they, they can become... Um, they can become... Uh, debilitating and you know it, 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 it's, it's ironic because I think all of us like the predictability we like the familiar even if it's not healthy even if it's not adaptive even if it's not uh, productive even if it's borders on pathological predictability, I think, is a huge thing that, that helps give people, uh, like I said, we distort reality at night to be able to sleep at night because um, the world is a scary place and things aren't always as pleasant as they may be. And sometimes it's not, it's not lying, but we just need to be able to, to recognize what are the thought p- patterns and, and what are the thought processes that, that are um Tripping us up, and then we also rely on what I think are called like like e- emotional crutches, such as like disassociation, denial, excessive information seeking, uh, obsessive checking, rituals, procrastination, list making, excessive reassurance, impulsiveness, doing everything yourself, uh, doing everything for others, uh, self medication, uh, bad habits. These are the emotional crutches that we we deal with, that we use to deal with the psychological pain that we're in. And it, it, it the, 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 yes, they may be adaptive in the sense that they are helping people to maybe not mute the intensity of what they're dealing with or, or what issues they're, they're having to confront. But at the same time, it's also perpetuating the problems that they're having. So it's really a catch-22. Do you want to give up your emotional crutch? Yeah, you need to and you need to replace it with something like it's like going like to, like to physical therapy um, you know if you if you had broke your knee you're not going to be walking right away you're going to need to go in small incremental stages and go through physical therapy or occupational therapy and and, and exercise and it's going to take a while to recover similar with this stuff the, the crutch is, is serving a purpose, and you need to f- help a patient figure out what purpose does this crutch serve. And again, because these processes are so automatic, most people do not have the insight, and that's that's the job, if you're doing psychotherapy, of the job of a, of a therapist or, or a doctor to really help the patient identify them because... Most people are not aware of them. It's easy to recognize. You're using like the Socratic dialogue and 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 helping to dissect the thought the thought patterns and the thought processes. It's really helpful to slow the process down, and you really get people to be like, "Huh, I never really realized that." Uh, some people would be like, "Yeah, I can see myself doing that, but it 's really helping to slow the process down because when it 's automatic it 's automatic, which means it's it 's right there it 's just how you 're navigating the world how you 're thinking and how you 're acting, and you know and uh, as a result how you 're feeling and 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 behaving so I wanted to just do this episode because I think it 's a really it 's a crucial part of cognitive therapy it 's it 's a crucial aspect of of um of the therapeutic process because we are dealing from a CBT perspective with the dysfunctional thoughts, the dysfunctional schemas, the the irrational beliefs. And by irrational, again, it means there is no evidence to support any of these beliefs. They have been constructed by the mind. They have been constructed possibly by experiences that the individual have had. They have a place of origin, put it that way. They They came from somewhere. But the flip side is they are causing the person to experience continual psychological distress and discord so hopefully this was helpful again i think this is the second episode i did where i actually jotted some notes down so i didn't forget anything um looking forward to a lot of you guys coming out from different parts of the world over the next couple weeks to massachusetts it's a hot sunny bright day here i think it's like 90 degrees or something um so hope everyone is doing well. Uh, feel free to get in contact with me through email at psychologyunpluggedoutlook.com. Get a hold of me through Psychology Today. You can contact me directly at 617-750-9411 East Coast Standard Time. Um, until next week, uh, a lot of you guys have asked me that you like the episode on Springsteen and how to do case conceptualization. So maybe I'll get back to that. But you know, I do these these things organically because julie asked me i think every during the week will you please think of a topic please before sunday comes so i actually thought of one earlier um so hope this was enjoyable hope it was productive and any questions reach out until next time take care of yourselves take care of each other be well bye guys